What's up everyone? My name is Matt James. Welcome to Generation Bitcoin. Today I'm here with Amir Zeninam. How are you doing today, Amir? Hey, what's up, Matt? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Great to have you. Let's start with some backstory of Amir. So he's the founder and CEO of Specker, a super sick CBD company, as well as a libertarian and Bitcoiner OG. You and, you and I met back in college around 2013 when Bitcoin was about 100 bucks. <sighs> And I'm glad that we're able to reconnect after all these years. Tell me a little bit more about your background and how long you were involved with the libertarian community and what you did uh, within that community. So my background in the liberty, like libertarian world is in 2007 is when I first became a libertarian and through Ron Paul, uh, through that 2008 Ron Paul presidential campaign. Then in uh, 2012, I continued my activism and um, I was living in Los Angeles at the time and I wanted to figure out a way to get involved in the next Ron Paul campaign. So as soon as he announced that he was running for president, um, I was trying to figure out how to uh, grow his campaign in California, you know, which is arguably one of the hardest places uh, in the world to uh, oh, yeah. grow the message of liberty because Californians generally love to do the exact opposite of liberty. But um, that's around when I met you. Um, I was one of the head organizers for the Ron Paul campaign in California in 2012. Um, we were running the Liberty HQ in Venice. Um, that was pretty much the central, uh, operational point for California with the campaign. After that, um, I continued my activism, uh, for a future free world, in the Republican Party, and I was, um, you know, in all areas of the Republican Party. Um, I was a chairman. I was a state delegate. Um, I was on the board of the Republican Liberty Caucus, which is an amazing organization. Um, and after 2016, when I had to run for re-election, I decided I don't want to do politics anymore. Um, you know, shout out to Ron Paul because it was an answer that he gave me at a YAL event that made me just exit for now. I'll, I'm going to come back to politics one day, but ultimately it just wasn't making me happy. And I just realized that if I really want to make efficient, positive, drastic global change in the world, I should practice what I preach and go do it in the market, um, which is, you know, persuading yep. people through high quality and low prices and efficiency over government, which is forcing people or else, you know, so... Definitely. Uh, as a result of that, I uh, went full time in the cannabis industry. I've been in the cannabis industry for over 10 years, but that's when I decided to go full time, um, which eventually transitioned into my health optimization company that focuses on cannabinoids like CBD, uh, Specker. 
and I have had Specker for over three years now. And Specker has been a cryptocurrency friendly business since I launched the company over three years ago, which means that you can use cryptocurrency to buy your products on the Specker website. So through there, um, you know, I'm just trying to spread the message of freedom in any positive, healthy, loving way, whether that's through health, fitness, uh, ingredients, like product formulations. I formulate all of the Specker products as well. Um, so yeah, it's all yeah. about freedom for me. Every Everything I'm doing, whether it's in politics or in the market, it's with the goal of efficiently bringing about freedom in our lifetime. For sure, man. I, I definitely agree with you. I understand what you mean. Like participating in the market, providing a, a good or service is really the way to go. I, I definitely agree with that. I remember back in the day we were, uh, we were, uh, Ron Paul definitely got, got us both into this movement. And, uh, I remember when he came to UCLA, that was one of the highlights. That was, that was huge. So, so Anyways. that was, that was one of the big things that I did during the Ron Paul campaign was that was essentially my original idea to bring Ron Paul to my college and yeah, that was huge. Yeah, How it was. Ma- and Thousands. let me tell you, Matt, that was such a complicated event to set up. And the amount of people that came was so unexpected. We only had a few weeks. The campaign literally gave us about two weeks time. And in two weeks, it was like 7,000 people came. It was so <laughs> packed. So that was one of the coolest things that i did uh in the ron paul 2012 campaign was yeah, helping I remember set that people up. were up in the trees trying to see people were all over you couldn't get in they packed. had to they had to, like there were so many people that they closed the gates and people were literally yeah in the trees of liberty is how we called them with that picture if you remember <laughs> yeah, that was that was dope well i'm uh i'm really happy that we, we were able to go through that together those are some good times so transitioning on um tell me about how this transitioned into Bitcoin for you and when you first learned about Bitcoin and why it appealed to you. Okay, so I found out about Bitcoin in college because that's when I got in the cannabis industry. And so like the 2009, 2010, like right when it came out, aka the only people that actually were using it generally speaking, we're drug dealers or people trying to get drugs or, you know, like things the government doesn't want you to do, whether good or bad. They don't want you to do it. So the OGs. Yeah. Like I, I found out about it, not through libertarianism as much as through cannabis. And then at the same time, um, since I was getting more and more into the liberty movement, then I found out that libertarians were talking about it as well. Um, and I remember when I first found out about it, I didn't want to get into it because I didn't want to add extra heat on myself because I knew back then it was not a private ledger. So for anybody watching this, the Bitcoin blockchain is not anonymous. It is a public ledger. So anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, your name and your address isn't there, but 
an address is there and your transaction history is all there. So if they know who that, like they can figure out who that is if they try hard enough, which the government has done many of times. Um, so I got, I invested in Bitcoin. Um, like my first Bitcoin transaction is in um, like January, 2014. That's when you can first integrate Coinbase into your bank account. So for me, I was like, all right, it seems like a little more legit now. You know, it won't add heat on me now. Um, yeah. So I'm going to get in. And yeah. I've been investing since 2014. Um, I'm still dollar cost averaging strong. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I remember back in the day, I, I was around that same time as well when I first found out a bit about Bitcoin. Uh, obviously through Silk Road, you know, that was where everyone heard about it through. But uh, back then you had to get through, get it through local Bitcoins. That was, that was uh, quite the ordeal. Yeah, see, so. and that was another <laughs> thing. The first few years I did look into it and I was like, yo, this is actually really fucking complicated and it's really sketch. Like, <laughs> so I got to meet up with some dude and I got to give him cash and he's going to give me a USB drive. <laughs> and i don't you know the dude peer peer. like but i'm gonna have my cash on me that doesn't sound yeah. and i don't know the like you know this is what i'm thinking when i'm first when i first heard about this and how you had to get bitcoin <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so sounds def definitely sounds sketchy to that <laughs> sketchy <person> for sure. <laughs> which you could still do like the local bitcoin thing where you could actually like there are websites where you can meet up with people locally and you can exchange cash yeah. for cash yeah, yeah. So cash in the mail or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, yeah, Bitcoin's definitely came a long ways from there. Now, now we got PayPal and Square and everybody offering it. So uh, moving on. That's though, the crazy thing. Yeah. Into, uh, yeah. So I wanted to get into the economics a little bit. So yeah. I know Bitcoin and Austrian economics really go hand in hand uh, versus Keynesian economics. Um, so from my experience, the OG Bitcoiners are definitely a lot of the time supportive of Austrian economics. A lot of these people are libertarians, you know, like you and I. So I was wondering, uh, what's your take on that? You know, how are they related? And uh, does Austrian economics, do you have to believe in Austrian economics to, to hold Bitcoin? Or, or what do you think about that? I think that being a Bitcoiner will necessarily turn you or should turn you if you go down the economics rabbit hole into an Austrian. Because the Austrian school of economics is premised by methodological individualism. So it explains Bitcoin to you in a very true way. So, you know, for me, I found out about the Austrian school and Bitcoin at about the same time. And it wasn't that hard for us to really understand that because through the Ron Paul days, we were all about and the Fed and we learned about the Austrian school and the central banking. And I mean, the Austrian school of economics is arguably a school created as a critique of central banking. 
So, I mean, the Austrian business cycle theory is literally a critique of central banking. So, um, you know, but it's things like within the Austrian school, say, subjective theory of value that is completely different from other economic schools, like labor theory of value. So if you're in the Bitcoin world, you necessarily will see that, yes, the labor labor theory of value does not work here. So like this is extremely subjective in how this value is set here. So what does that mean, you know? Yeah, so the Austrian school is something that when you're learning about Bitcoin, I implore people to become proficient in the Austrian school of economics because it will benefit you in learning more about cryptocurrency because that is the school that's essentially tied to the theories that make Bitcoin what it is. Um, And, you know... It's not to say that the Austrian school is primarily like it has to be this free market economic, you know, thing. But again, the entire school is arguably based off of a critique of the exact same thing Bitcoin is trying to fight. So <laughs> exactly, you know. yeah, yeah, we wanted to end the Fed for a while, you know, and not, here, here's our uh, perfect solution. You know, ending the Fed can be done over time by offering an alternative that they can't stop, right? So that, that's, the, that's the beauty of it, for you, sure. I think, I think it's beautiful that the libertarian world essentially didn't even have to use the word libertarianism to get all of these millions of people around the world onto the message of freedom through cryptocurrency. So that's beautiful. We literally never had to talk about who will build the roads or like the word libertarianism, which throws a lot of people off and, you know, pushes people away when they hear that word. So that's the beautiful thing is that Bitcoin normalized a lot of these concepts that otherwise are not accessible to many people because, you know, I always said this. You're not going to get a free society until you can prove to people that the free society will benefit their lives and profit their lives more than the slave society that we're currently living in. So what Bitcoin does is it provides an example for that exact type of person that doesn't give a shit about who will build the roads or whatever they want to throw in there when you talk about libertarian philosophy. And that's the thing about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is philosophical, but it's also so many other things, you know? It's like all the computer programming aspects of it, you know? Um, So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It really is amazing (laughs) how how many people are in this movement now. And, you know, libertarian was such a fringe thing. You couldn't even really, say the uh, word before. It was like a bad word. It was, you know, it was like saying the word Republican. But now yeah. it's so cool because the same people that were talking shit to me about libertarian philosophy are now coming to me and asking about cryptocurrency. And there's no debate anymore. It is necessarily true. Yeah. So that is a <laughs> massive shift 
in the conversation for a free world where they're not debating your premise anymore. They're trying to learn from you. It's not a debate anymore. They're like, teach me your ways. Yeah. And you're like, and you gotta okay. Start, you got to start with the, you know, the economics, the, what is money? You got to really like, go So, deep. hey, so everything like you pretty much um, hated on me for the last 10 years, I'm going to just talk about again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's all the all the boring stuff that people don't want to talk about, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right, and that see that's the thing. It's boring for most people because they couldn't find a way to profit off of it. I would argue the profit that me and you found through libertarian philosophy was the profit of inner freedom, you know, and we gained from that, and we saw that. For other people, they just don't come on as easily, so. They need a incentive. They need a better incentive, and a lot of a lot of people's incentive is money. So, yeah. what does Bitcoin do? It shows you you can make money doing these freedom things. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? There's there's a lot of people that you know get involved because of trying to make a quick buck. Uh, you know, that's just kind of the way it is, I guess. And a lot of people are trying to get rich quick and they find out about crypto yeah. and they want to find out how to get rich and it kind of rings them in. Do you think that's a, uh, that's, that's the okay way of going about it? No. no, I think that the majority of people that get wrecked, the majority of the people that come in and out of crypto are exactly those types of people that you just explained. Yeah. They come so, in and out. yeah, if you're coming into this for a quick buck, you're probably going to get wrecked. Yeah, That's just I the agree. data. The data shows that. So I, I, I try to impart all my novice friends the same things over and over and over and over again. But you just have to get wrecked. People have to learn the hard way. Humans generally are programmed to learn things the hard way. So... Yeah. Get wrecked on a few shit coins, lose a hundred percent of your investment, and then you'll have a different tone, you know? You, Just like me and you, bro. Lesson. We learned the hard way. You know, we jump in the alt game here and there, you know. Like me, I was I, I've transitioned over these years. Like it looked like this. It's like like Bitcoin, Bitcoin, altcoins, 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 Bitcoin, Bitcoin. <laughs> like same here, same here. Yeah, right? Because you learn. You're like, this is not worth it. Like, if I want to go to the casino, I'll go to the casino. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I always tell everyone to, to do, gamble with a very small portion of your uh, of your portfolio, for sure. But well, and that's the thing. The people who are driven to those types of investments aren't the types of people who are only trying to put 1% to 5% in like we are. So that's the issue. They put 95% into the shit coin Yellow. and then maybe 1% into Bitcoin. I don't know if even that. Yeah. So that's yeah, the problem. It, it upsets me when I hear when I hear people of just have Dogecoin and no Bitcoin and they just got into the space and See, and that's Doge okay, like the biggest coin. thing that we saw in 2021 was like hey, I just got into crypto. And you immediately know when you say, what did you buy? You know it's not going to be Bitcoin. When it should only be Bitcoin first. Yeah. 
and you know they're saying everything other than Bitcoin. Yeah, they, and they that happens. They think they're smart. Ninety-nine. Yeah, they think they're smart. They think they're like beating the system. I'm like, oh, yeah. that is so cute. Yeah, <laughs> we've tried that too. Learn from past failures, so you don't have to make the same failures. But again, human nature is not like that currently. So, yeah. yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on to a different subject here. I'm, I'm done talking about this uh, Doge shitcoin. Fest. Yeah, yeah. Whenever we deviate to shit coins, we need to pull the conversation back to Generation Bitcoin. Cheers. Cheers. So my next question: uh, What are a few of the most prominent events in history? And I know you uh, really like involving history into this whole thing. What, what What are some events throughout history that helps demonstrate why we really need Bitcoin and why we need Austrian economics? So what are some What are some things that come to mind? <laughs> So I got my history degree from UCLA. So this is definitely the rabbit hole that I do love the most. Um, <laughs> like an instance in history. <laughs> the best instance in One. history is the inception of the institution of government. Is the best example. <laughs> the inception of the state thousands of years ago is the best example the best modern day example would be the reason that bitcoin even came out yeah say the the or it came out around that time which is the 2008 crash so you know that goes to show you what happens with hardcore central banking the next example we have is this year where the governments of the world printed money out of more money like insane amounts of money you know like historical amounts of money out of thin air and it just goes to show you that you know a hundred years ago if they did this when they did this we didn't have alternatives that were safe enough you know say like the alternative a hundred years ago was gold and then the government came and confiscated the gold so that's not a safe haven, you know, so the government has proven that they've taken it. So it's not a safe haven. Um, do you see the money printing going up over time or what, what, what do you see? Where, where do you see that leading? Historically speaking, and I'm just basing this off of the last 100 years of central banking data. The, the central banking system is designed in a way to not be sustainable. It is an up and an exit. It's a pump and dump. Yeah. Government central banking is a pump and dump. And once you real, it's just a more long-term pump and dump that could take 500 years, but yeah. it's still a pump and dump. You come in, you take everything you can, and then you leave the scraps for whatever else. Future else. generations. Yeah, future yeah. generations, exactly. Yep. So that's the, you know, the outlook on that, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I tell people, you know, having a holding on a Bitcoin is a bet that governments are going to continue printing. And they are. I mean, it's pretty, pretty obvious. So. There is no indicator in history that would show otherwise, unless the government collapses. That is the indicator. The state fails they print themselves into failure that yeah. is the central the anatomy of the central banking system yep yep 
I agree. All right. My next question here. Let's go on. I want I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about El Salvador. So El Salvador recently adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you saw it on the Bitcoin conference, Jack. You know, <laughs> yeah, we've talking been talking about, about it. A lot. <laughs> and yeah, so what what does this mean for the world? Where, where do you see this leading? And and what what do you think about El Salvador? Do you, do you think it's a cover up? Do you think uh, do you think they're really supporting bitcoin or do you think there's some other motive there what do you mean by cover-up do you mean like some kind of criminal element that could be say drug trafficking or human trafficking type okay this is what i think this is my angle on it historically speaking the americas let's think about the last hundred years have been in a colonial battle with the United States. This is nothing new that a small country in Latin or Central America, or sorry, Central or South America is pulling some move against the U.S. empire. Like, do you not remember when the Latin American countries were like, oh yeah, Edward Snowden, we'll come protect, yeah, Julian Assange, I'll come on in. Like, it's the fuck you to the colonial systems that have destroyed their their generations you know so in my view this is kind of like a fuck you to the you know u.s empire by doing this it's just the next fuck you but every time that happens in central and south america not like most of the time that it happens in central and south american history there's going to be some kind of coup, some kind of mass protest, like some kind of overthrow of the government, like replacing of the government. Like, yeah, you know, the, the empire ain't happy about that. So yeah. could there be other angles? Like is El Salvador like using it for drug trade? Like are the governments of Central and South America involved in the drug? Tra- yes. Like what? it's not like a conspiracy to say that these countries are involved in the illegal drug trade. Like there's plenty of evidence to suggest these things. Actually, fun fact about John McAfee, maybe rest in peace is that he put like when the government in Belize was fucking with him, he started donating, uh, computers to secretaries of like government officials and he was putting his spyware on there to spy on the government of police (laughs) and he got all this information to like essentially see what they were trying to do to fuck with him but what he found out was that these top people in the government were involved in drug trafficking and human trafficking Hmm. so you know that's not a conspiracy theory. Yeah. So that angle, I don't really care about that angle. Like, does yeah. the United States government sell black market drugs to make money? Yes. Like, do a shitload of governments in the world use that as a source of funding? Yes. So for me to be like, oh, El Salvador is doing that. Oh, they're so bad. Like, nah, bro. Like, everybody does that, you know? So, like, I'm not really going to cap on some normal thing of the anatomy of the state. When it's like, yeah, it's a state. Of course, they're going to go do things. Of course, they're going to go tell you you can't do it and then do it themselves. That is the anatomy of the state. So um, that's my angle 
is it's a small Central American country that has been railed by U.S. imperialism for many, many years. And this is essentially a way for these people to potentially flex on some semblance of sovereignty. I mean, El Salvador uses the U.S. dollar as their reserve currency. So they don't even have their own currency. Yeah. You know, so this is a revolutionary transition for them because in a sense, they're just like, dude, we don't want to use your fucking dollar anymore. How about that? Yeah. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with a sovereign country not wanting to use a foreign currency. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's really a perfect... uh, (laughs) perfect situation he got 70% unbanked there and they can't even imagine if you if you had no way of storing your value you can't even you don't even have a bank account how, how do you even live in that situation it's it's like uh it's very clearly a, a you perfect don't live in this this you. system that we're Bitcoin. living in that's essentially what it is you live outside the system that we live in yeah yeah well the, who do you think's next do you think there's going to be more countries here adopting uh bitcoin as legal tender or do you think this is going to be a, a one-off and for, for, for i think i mean we were i think panama was talking about it so it's a domino effect me and you have known this for many years the people who have been in the bitcoin space know this and we like my end goal is for this to be the world reserve currency so like one country is not enough how long will that take do you think what's your time zone here where do you see or do you see within the decade decade where do you see it in five or do you see bitcoin in five years from now i think that the adoption of bitcoin is going to be the like the adoption of any mass technology like the internet it took decades before it really became normalized but we're already over one decade in on Bitcoin. Yeah. So you think there's an exponential like, component there? I think. Yeah. Like, let's go Internet timeline here, you know, yeah. let's say from, you know, like the 60s to the 70s, to the 80s, to the 90s, to the 2000s, to the 2010, you know, by the time you got, you know, the Internet that's fully accessible to everybody in the world, that's. 50 year timeline 50 year yeah 57 oh my god oh my shit yeah like seven, 60 60 yeah 60 year timeline say from like the arpanet to the internet to today yeah uh, 60 fucking years like 70 years at most you know like i'm excited and i hope it happens in our lifetime <laughs> that's the thing like i have the outlook that it's not just going to happen in our lifetime it's going to happen in the near future like the f- the best example is just the technology that we're using in front of us right now. Like, think about this, bro. 10 years ago, if we wanted to do a live stream, first of all, with a 4K camera streaming. So I'm streaming with a 4K camera right now. <laughs> like, with professional audio and then this thing right here. Like, how much did this change the world in 10 years, you know? So... There were cell phones before, there were touch screens and stuff before, but you know, it's just like it hits and then it just goes. But the same with say Teslas. Nobody wanted to buy a Tesla like eight years ago. Now it's like a Tesla is the coolest fucking car you can get. Like, oh my God, you got a Tesla. Like, <laughs> like it's it's like a luxury car now, you know? So 
Yeah. It goes to show you how fast things change. This is why when I talk about, you know, like the abolition of statism in our lifetime, I'm like, bro, I got like a, you know, like 20 to 50 year outlook on that. Yeah. That's not, that's not that far, you know? That's the difference between like today and 9-11, you know, which doesn't seem that far. Yeah. Like 20 years. Yep. You think it changes fast, you know? You think uh, when Bitcoin starts starts becoming uh, adopted more wi- widespread, you think governments are going to be forced to downsize because they they have to rely on taxation, which is more transparent and visible to society rather than inflation, which is secret taxing everybody? I think they'll have to downsize. I, I believe that technology will make the state obsolete. So it'll be a slow growth where the technologies and industries that government monopolized in the past are now uncontrollably going to be monopolized by, or not monopolized, like open to competition because now I can make a rocket. You can make a rocket, Mm -hmm. you know? Now we can get in the space game, right? Say for example. So... What does that do? It makes an entire area of government obsolete. Like NASA, who the fuck needs NASA when you have these private people that are doing more than NASA? Like essentially you need NASA just for the regulatory stuff. Like they make you work with NASA a lot of the times. So you have to do things with the government. So, you know, it's just like things are going to drastically change in this world and they already are like they're changing so fast that most people aren't actually paying attention to the change i'm really into trend forecasting so i'm constantly focusing on like what is today what was yesterday and, like what will be it's not it's fun bro it's so cool like <laughs> but yeah of course you know yeah yeah life is stressful out here in this current you know life that we're living that's why we're trying to go live in a free world because it's less stressful and that's, you know, live in the, the thing about like, yeah, the woods that we turn into a technologically superior and advanced world, you know, like we start in the woods and then we create free cities and prove that our models can work better than government. So going into what I was saying, it's like the only thing that we need to make the state obsolete is the functions that government thinks that they, that other people can't do yeah, as like they do, which every year that goes by, we're proving with one data point after another, like, oh, look, those private militaries over there are way more efficient and they get paid way more. Yeah. How the fuck would I use a, like, you know, <laughs> like, well, those private police aren't shooting people on the street so easily. What a... <laughs> Yep. It's little things or, or, you know what? Maybe I don't need to go to the hospital for this. Maybe I just have my own remedy. Yeah. I, it's that all I about just the go options, buy right? online. Got to have options and have competition. We have, we have more options. Exactly. So those yeah. options create competition and the state hates competition. Yeah. So what Bitcoin does is it directly competes in an arena that the state will kill you for competing in, which is using your own money uh, on that, that's not theirs. On that note, uh, we definitely 
want to support Bitcoin, you and I clearly, and all my viewers, always you know, part of Bitcoin generation, want, want to support Bitcoin. What, what do you uh, what do you recommend people do to support the growth of Bitcoin and and get it to be get it to grow and get the get people on board? What, what, what do you what do you think are some good ways of doing that? The best thing that you can do as you grow in Bitcoin is educate yourself on all the topics that make Bitcoin, the history, the philosophy, the economics. Listen to podcasts like this, right? Yeah, listen listen to lots of podcasts, connect with people in the industry, learn things like computer programming and cryptography and how these things are made. Again, the full spectrum of everything that has to do with Bitcoin. And I would recommend the least focused part should be the price. That's the part you should focus on the least. Yeah, I agree. Go focus on everything else and the money will come. I agree. Because if your main focus is the money, you're going to get fucking wrecked. Yeah, you're going to be stressed. And you know what? You kind of fucking deserve it too because... It shows you what happens in the free market when there is no daddy government to protect you and tell you what you can and can't do and you're free to do whatever you want over there. Yep. It just goes to show you that if you don't act disciplined and responsible in a free world, you will get fucking wrecked without a safety net. Sorry. It's true. There's no government there for you. You chose that and now you have to pay the consequences for your decision and i'm sorry if that doesn't sound pleasing to you but that i'm not gonna apologize for thinking that survival of the fittest is the way of the world you know and that is what promotes advancements in the world is competition and there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers So if you want to be a winner in this world or in any world, long-term disciplined action is how you do it. Yep. So, you know, if you want to get rich quick, go to a casino. (laughs) If you want to get rich quick in crypto, it's not going to happen. It's the... The rate of people getting rich in crypto is the same rate of anybody getting rich in any other industry. It's like penny stocks. I'm in, I'm in the cannabis industry. I'm in the cannabis industry, right? Everybody thinks that if I just start selling CBD, I'm going to get rich. <laughs> That's not the case. I've been in the cannabis industry for over 10 years. Am I filthy rich right now? Like, no. It takes hard work because I'm playing the long game. Yeah, I'm playing the... The 50-year game here. So, okay, I've been in the cannabis industry and the crypto world for like a decade. That's not the long game. The long game is that 50-year outlook to where when I'm, you know, 50, 60 years old and I'm looking back and then I see, okay, that discipline is what helped me take the right steps to do this in the most efficient manner possible. You can get to the top, but, you know, in other ways. But I'm trying to do it efficiently with as little stress and as much happiness as possible. Awesome. Yeah, I really think that's cool what you're doing with Specker and it, you've been, I know you've accepted Bitcoin since since the beginning, right? 
What what else are you doing in terms of uh, integrating Bitcoin into Specker? Weren't you saying that you uh, were looking at doing something something else with that? Is there a company that you were working with? uh... Oh my God! Okay, all right. (laughs) You don't have to say it if it's not if it's uh, not completed yet. Let's see. There are like multiple angles on that. Um, So my goal, I guess, like what I will say until it's integrated is my goal being a long term cryptocurrency investor and somebody who has dedicated my life to achieving a free society in our lifetime is to practice what I preach. And part of practicing what I preach is getting away from the centralized systems that we think coercively control us, like a bank account. We think we need that, but we actually don't now with cryptocurrency. Yeah, you don't. Yep. So my goal with Specker as we transition is to transition it away from as many government structured industries as possible mm-hmm. um which includes things like banking so you're trying to decentralize the specker is what you're saying <laughs> trying to de like i'm trying to create as much freedom within the business model as possible in a current slave society without the government killing me yeah that sounds that sounds great to me (laughs) like i'm doing whatever i can that's not illegal that is but it's also something that most people don't think that they have access to like how am i gonna run my business if i don't have a bank account from chase or bank of america or wells fargo well fool there's there are options here be your own bank so Yeah, I'm trying to lead the way on that with my business. Um, and that's a multi-year transition. Um, but as we've talked about, um, it is something I am logistically figuring out how to do right now. And when I do logistically figure it out, I hope to share it with as many business owners as I can, because especially with me being in the cannabis industry, selling things like CBD, I have been censored at every turn, every turn, the payment processors, the banks, like everyone just wants to take the side of government. So the way that I see it and the way that I look at the world these days is Stop trying to make yourself liked in a room where everybody hates you. Go to the room where everybody likes you and then start there as your premise instead of the premise starting with everyone hates you. So the way all of our businesses are structured these days is I have Specker. I have to follow these regulations and like use these payment processors. So I have to use this payment processor and then I have to use the Shopify's of the world and then I have to integrate this and that. But then they censor you and they block your account and they take your money from you. So what am I doing trying to be liked in a place that doesn't want me to win? Why would I surround myself 
with people and businesses who are actively fighting against my growth. Yeah. It is absolutely irrational. Screw them. So me being a person of action, I'm not going to do what the majority of other people do, which is just complain and then hope that somebody else is going to take care of it. The reason I made my Specker products is because I was using those products and they sucked. So I realized I can make it better and I did. So that's what I'm trying to do with um, what we're transitioning Specker into now um, over the next few years. And you know what? It might not work. It might suck. Yeah. But if it does work, then I have essentially proven that you can have a business like mine that is a regular you know, health company, but following very similar standards to how a lot of these cryptocurrency companies protect themselves. That sounds really great. Um, you know, coming up on the end of the time here, um, where can people find more about you, your Specker company? Where can they find your CBD company and your YouTube channel? Where can they find you? Awesome. So you can find me um, on all social media platforms. My handle is my first and last name, Amir Zendanam. And you can check out Specker at speckerhealth.com. And we ship all across the country in the United States. We ship to a bunch of other countries as well. If your country's government is friendlier to this plant, (laughs) which a lot aren't. Um, And yeah, you could uh, support us by buying Specker products with Bitcoin on the Specker website. When you go to checkout, you can have the option to use Bitcoin and a few other um, cryptocurrencies. But, you know, I prefer Bitcoin. Uh, Awesome. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I'm really just trying to change the way the world is seen in the business world through these actions of integrating crypto with things like the decentralized finance space. So, you know, that overarching conversation was... You know, Specker is shifting to DeFi. So if you're a business, start looking into decentralized finance. And as John McAfee said, decentralized finance is going to be the thing that destroys the state. And I completely agree For because sure. they literally cannot control it. Yep, that's exciting. So if, yeah. you, if you're listening to this, go look into decentralized finance and learn everything you can about it because this is granting us human sovereignty on a level that we haven't seen in state history. I don't really know about before, but in modern state history, we have never seen this level of individual freedom. Yeah, definitely. It's super exciting. Well, it's nice talking to you, Amir. I'm going to go ahead and link your YouTube channel in the comments. So check him out there. And thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, Matt. You are an epic human being. And I am so glad that we have so many mutual ideas in a world that is so imbalanced. So big shout out to you and I am wishing you well with lots of success as you continue on this podcast. Love you, bro. Love you too, man.